Welcome today to our online internet church service. And I am so happy that you're here to receive the spiritual nourishment to walk in faith and to walk in victory in every facet of your life. And that's God's plan for your life. It's victory and no defeat in any area of your life. Praise God. And that's why we dive into the word, dig into the word so that we can gain the principles for victory and overcoming every trial and every situation that we face in life. Praise God. Let's begin today's service by receiving the holy tithes and offerings, bringing them into the storehouse of God. And I have a scripture I would like to read to you. And I'm sure you're familiar with it, but I want to bring something out uh, from this one verse that many good believers don't understand. And so they're a little bit puzzled by the response. I want you to understand uh, one of the aspects of how God works uh, this promise. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Now, verse 9, you are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now, of course, tithe being 10% of your income. Or I would say it like this also. It's not just your income. It's uh, it's 10% of any type of money that comes into your hand. Uh, you know, if you get a bonus at work, and sometimes they pay it out cash. You know, you sign off for it. They put it in your hand. Well, you know, if you get $100, uh, 10 of that belongs to the Lord. That's the tithe. Tithe basically is a word that means 10%. Okay? So bring all the tithes in any any money that comes into your life, bring the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this says the Lord of hosts. So there have been people who have tried the Lord in this and that they have proven him true. I want you to see how the Lord's response will be towards you as a tither and try me now in this says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Okay, so this is what happens sometimes. People tithe, uh, and a Christian will tithe. Even maybe even an unbeliever will tithe. <laughs> you know, I've known unbelievers who were tithing just because they're they're like, well, if God will bless me in this area, you know, I'll I'll at least start here and I'll get this relationship with God thing figured out later. Uh, God will meet you wherever you're at. Okay. But nevertheless, I'm talking primarily, I know to believers, those who are in Christ and they, they tithe. Some Christians will tithe and then uh, it's as if they're sitting around waiting for uh, something to literally fall from heaven. Pastor Stephen, I'm tithing and I'm, I'm waiting for the windows of heaven to open over me. I'm looking, but I, I don't see anything coming down. Now, let me say this. I do believe that one of the aspects of the open heaven or the windows of heaven being open over your life can be manifested through uh, favor, uh, promotion at work, uh, receiving raises and bonuses and things like that. But I, I want to make this more understandable, more workable for you so that you see how God's wanting to help you. Watch it again. And try me now on this, says the Lord of hosts. Of course, that would be tithing. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough 
to receive it. I'm going to share something with you when I'm done. You're going to know that this verse is more true than you've ever realized. Praise God. Okay. So I think that some Christians are, they're tithing and they're expecting God to open the heavens and somehow money is going to come out of heaven. <laughs> but it doesn't work like that, does it? It's not like uh, we've ever been in a meeting. Now, if it happened, it would be pretty wild, wouldn't it? Probably make the front page of a lot of Christian newspapers. Can you imagine if we were in a meeting? Let's say there's a thousand of us. I'm ministering. We're in a meeting. Can you imagine if $100 bills started coming down out of heaven, falling from heaven, falling through the church roof ceiling and landing on the floor. And you could grab them and pick them up. And, uh, you know, you could, I mean, what if they were just falling like leaves in the fall season when the leaves come off the trees, when it gets cold and, uh, you could just rake up all the money. I mean, what if we have to get garbage bags? It's like leaves. There's so much money that fell out of heaven. We have to get garbage bags and gather up all the money. And everybody in the meeting just walked out of the service with bagfuls of hundred dollar bills. And you know, who knows how much you could get into a garbage bag. I, I think you could probably get a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> you know, uh, stacked in uh, probably more, honestly, in a big, you know, oversized trash bag. Uh, has that ever happened to you? Now, don't raise your hand because I, uh, I can see you out there and, uh, uh, you and I both know that hasn't happened. Now, if it ever does, uh, please let me know. I'd like to go to the meetings that you're attending where such things are taking place at, but it doesn't work like that. The windows of heaven are open. Well, pastor Stephen, where's the money coming from? It, it doesn't, it's not going to fall down on your head like that. What about a car? Pastor Stephen, I'm tithing. I believe God for a car. I need a car. Well, can you imagine if God rained cars down out of heaven? I mean, you know, the vehicle I have, I think it weighs about 6,500 pounds. <laughs> Watch out. Here comes another one. Boom. <laughs> well, it fell so hard it blew the tires out. God sent another one down, but uh, make sure it doesn't hit the ground so hard. What if, what if you needed a refrigerator? God's raining refrigerators out of heaven. That could get, uh, I mean, that's worse than hailstones, right? What about a house? Yes, Pastor Stephen, I'm tithing. I'm honoring God with my finances. I need the Lord to help me. I'm believing God for a house. Watch out. Here comes one now. <laughs> We'd be dodging houses coming down. It doesn't work like that, does it? Let me tell you how it works. Praise God. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now on this says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Now I, if you're tithing, I need to let you know that the window of heaven is open over your life. I need to let you know what you need to be expecting and looking for. Um, and try me now on this says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. One of the main ways that God responds to your tithing is through the windows of heaven opening and God pouring out to you divine ideas, divine ideas, how to do things, what to do, what to make, what to create, 
what to not do, what to undo, what to put away, what to put over here, what to put over there. I I mean, these ideas from God will flow. You'll have so many of them that it will, it will actually be like what it says here and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. You'll be like, Lord, you've already given me so many amazing ideas. I'm, I'm implementing them. I'm, I'm working on them and Lord, you don't stop. You just keep giving more wealth ideas, marriage benefiting ideas, health ideas, uh, 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 ways to bless humanity, ways to bless your pastor, ways to bless the church. I mean, it just won't end. The more you walk with the Lord and tie, he just sends them down. Pastor Stephen, I need money. You need an idea. You need, you need God to touch your mind with his wisdom and these wisdom ideas, these divine ideas. There, there's a lot of people, they have enough money coming in through work, but through mismanagement, through misappropriation of it, through lack of self-control, through poor decision-making, uh, they always have more month than they have money. And so, you know, they, they're using up their, 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 the money they earn before um, their next phase is even here. And, and so sometimes it's not a money problem. Sometimes it's just um, you're not having the right ideas. You're not thinking the right thoughts. But when you begin to tithe, God begins to touch your mind with divine ideas. You begin to put your life in order. And it just starts causing everything to come in order. Now, there's other blessings. Verse 11, I, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And God can keep you healthy. I, I'm telling you that tithing is one of the one of the number one insurance policies that you can take out as a believer and trust God to really um, just rebuke the devourer, rebuke the enemy, and keep you healthy, keep you up on your feet all the time. I don't know sick days off. I used to uh, many many years ago. But I've been walking with the Lord. I've been a tither, me and my wife, and we just stay up all the time. Why? The Lord's rebuking the devourer, the one who would rebuke your health and, uh, excuse me, would devour your health. The Lord rebukes him, keeps you up on your feet, keeps you going. You're the type of employee that any employer would want because you don't, you just don't take any sick days. (laughs) You're just not sick. Show up all the time, uh, put a full day in. I tell you what, uh, you save the company a lot of money. Praise God. Well, these ideas coming out through the windows of heaven. Uh, let me give you an example of a man. Uh, he's now in heaven. Uh, he's lived his life out a very good businessman, Christian businessman. His name, R.G. Letourneau. And he was the man that uh, created these amazing, gigantic earth moving machines. And uh, today, most of those machines are now owned by the company that's known as Caterpillar. Uh, uh, I believe he sold his technology to Caterpillar. But it was this man, R.G. Le Tournay, who came up with all of these ideas when this stuff did not exist. And when he began to come out with it and began to invent these large machines, um, it was a long time before anybody ever could even slowly catch up with him. He was de- he, he was like a decade ahead, at least of any other competitor. And 
uh, much of this stuff that we see today in mining with all of this large equipment, uh, you know, super huge dump trucks um, that haul in uh, uh, a massive amount of weights and things like that. All of that came out of his mind. It came out of his mind. And he was a tither. And God would give him the most amazing ideas, these ideas just coming out of heaven, registering in his mind. He would, uh, he would begin to work out that idea, put it into reality, and it created tremendous wealth for him. Now, he was once asked about his tithing, and, you know, somebody said, well, how do you know that these ideas are actually coming from God. You say it's because you honor him with your finances and you're a tither. Uh, how do you know that? And it, this, this man, R.G. Lake Tournay uh, said, he said, the reason I know is because there were a few times I tested it. And he said that he would, he stopped tithing. <laughs> and just, you know, hey, is this, what's going, is it really coming from God? I believe it is, but let me just find out. So he stopped tithing a couple times just to test it. And he said each time that he would try that, just pull back and stop tithing, the idea stopped. And he found himself intellectually abandoned by God and his ability to go to the drawing board and solve complex mechanical problems. He, he didn't have it. He couldn't do it. But the moment he started tithing again, here come the ideas. Why? Now the window of heaven is opened. And as long as you stay as a tither, as long as you honor the Lord with your finances, put God first with your finances, you have this promise that the windows of heaven are open over your life. And as you continue to walk with the Lord in obedience in this area, those ideas from heaven keep coming. They keep coming. And it's those ideas that take you into the fulfillment of your destiny. It's those ideas that generate wealth. It's those ideas that generate solutions and and make life better for everybody not just for yourself but for everybody mr rg uh le tournay went on to um donate 90 percent of his income and he actually lived on uh the 10 percent so he had always wanted to do that where he could tithe 90 now we know that tithe is 10 percent but he looked at it as being able to tithe the whole th- you know flip it upside down and he was able to do that comfortably and had a large workforce and uh, the company still making tremendous profits but he gave 90 percent and kept uh 10 percent so my friends he's just one example i could give others uh just one example of a person walking in open heaven where god is pouring out ideas and the ideas will just it'll just keep coming it'll keep coming that there will not be room enough to receive it so you'll need a journal to write them down because the ideas just keep flowing. They keep flowing and it's enough to keep you busy every day that you are here on the earth with these divine ideas. So I want to encourage you to continue the tithe. If you're not a tither, this is your opportunity to step into the outpouring from heaven. Praise the Lord. And for those of you that are tithers and you're looking for the Lord's blessing and the Lord's return, look for the Lord to touch your mind with divine 
ideas. I tell you what, it, when they hit you, uh, you're just like, wow. Now, and you'll think, I know I didn't think of that. You did think of it, but you thought of it because God gave it to you. So you, you realize that came from the mind of God into my mind. Uh, and so, and you know it when it hits you, it's just, it's, you know, it's, that was something beyond your ability to grab. God gave it to you. So for that, that flow that you have, that career path that you have, God will give you the ideas. And some of you, you're working in a, a certain career path, but you can develop something on the side. I'm talking about in your off hours. Maybe you work nine to five or eight to five. You come home. Maybe there's something God's given you an idea you can develop on the side. And as you work that separately, you could see that thing really begin to get traction, take off and be a blessing uh, to you financially and also be a product or service that uh, renders great blessing uh, to your fellow uh, brothers and sisters, those uh, around you in your neighborhood, whatever it might be, who knows, could even touch nations. Really, that's that's part of the Abrahamic blessing is that you are a blessing to nations. And so, of course, Mr. R.G. Tournay, his equipment was sold all over the world. I saw a, a, a video recently where there's a mountain in China and the Chinese government decided to move the entire mountain and where the mountain was at, they're going to build a city. <laughs> and you talking about an army or earth moving machines. I'm not just talking like 10 or 20. I'm talking an army of track hoes and bulldozers in a line as far as you can see. And they're all coming to move an entire mountain. Well, all of that equipment all came out of the mind of one man who was a tither. And without him, I, I don't know how fast we can move things today, but because of him and the ingenuity that God gave him as a tither, uh, the world has been blessed by those ideas. Praise the Lord. Now be looking, be looking for divine ideas as you honor the Lord today and bring the tithes and offerings into, into the storehouse. I want you to make note on your giving. I want you to write divine ideas. Okay, that's the open heaven. And, and for you tithers, it's open over you right now. Be looking for those divine ideas. Okay, so on your giving, write divine ideas. Praise the Lord. If you're going to give online, please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. You can go click there. And as you do on that little notation box, type that in, divine ideas. So tithe in faith. Come on, expecting to get these ideas from the Lord. They are flowing. Woo, praise God. Now, those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, our zip code 28117 on your check on your giving, please make that note, divine ideas. When you give, when you, when you honor the Lord with your finances, release your faith to touch the many aspects of God's blessing towards your finances, right? Divine ideas. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for your people as they are giving with expectant hearts that you are going to give them ideas. And I know many have already experienced this Lord, but Lord, we acknowledge this. And as we 
understand how you work, it helps us to line up our expectations in faith and to receive more easily. So we thank you, Father, that the windows of heaven are open. Yes, there's going to be promotions and raises and and things like that, favor, open doors. But Father, there's also going to be a plethora of ideas. Father, release that to your people. Let them catch it. Let them catch it. I thank you that a miracle is coming to them every single day. Let them catch a miracle idea every day from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Say, I receive. Say, by God's grace, I receive divine ideas. Woo! I believe you'll have a a journal of those ideas. As it says, there will not be room enough to receive it. Praise God. They just keep on flowing. Thank you, Jesus. Now, today, let's talk about exercising spiritual authority. Let's take our Bibles, go over to the book of 2 Timothy. Let's go to chapter 1. And today, I want to talk about exercising spiritual authority. Hallelujah. Praise God. You have authority. You, you actually have more than you probably realize you have. We want to release it, not just have it and not know what to do with it, but we want to release it and know how to use it. Today, we're going to talk about that. We're going to start second Timothy chapter one. Let's pray. Heavenly father, as we go into your word, let your word gain access entrance into our heart. Let the eyes of our understanding be illuminated so that we can take this message today and begin applying it today, and thus receiving the wonderful benefits of your word. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name, and we all agree and say, Amen. Today, we are in Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Now, we have all faced fear. Fear is something that I guess some people would say it's intangible, but I think that you realize it's not. There is a real tangibility to fear. That is because behind fear, there is a real substance. It says here that God has not given us, that's the believers, a spirit of fear. So fear is backed by a spirit. You may sense fear. You may feel fear, but behind that feeling or behind that thing that you're sensing, that's making you afraid. There's actually a spirit behind that, an evil spirit. That's not of God. It's going to be wonderful when we get to heaven and there will be the complete absence of sin the complete absence of evil and the complete absence of crime, the complete absence of fear. There will be no fear there at all. Praise God for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So behind fear, there is a spirit and we need to know how to exercise authority over fear. I know that oftentimes we see in scripture that we are told to Uh, use our authority against the enemy, against Satan, the evil one. And we are supposed to do that. But I want you to use your faith today to resist the enemy in the form of fear. Fear 
has been attacking many of God's people lately. And that's understandable. That's the enemy's job. He's going to try to do what he tries to do, but we need to know how to deal with the spirit of fear. And even the, the apostle Paul, the great man of faith, he also had his challenges. He had his trials. There was a time the Lord Jesus appeared to Paul in a vision. The first thing that Jesus said to Paul in the vision was do not fear. Well, you would think, why would Jesus say that? Well, the, the reason the Lord would lead off the statement by making that uh, expression would be because that uh, most likely Paul was struggling with some fear. What would he be struggling with? Well, he had already been beaten and uh, uh, had so many things physically done to him. And uh, it, it seemed that so many places he would go to, there would be riots there would be mobs, there would be the threat of his life being taken, and uh, he had persevered through all of that, but even still, uh, having suffered so much, it's not like you want to go through another beating. Nobody uh, would enjoy something like that, and it looked like in the town that he was in, the city that he was in, that it was about to break loose again. And so I believe that when the Lord came to him and said, do not fear, that it eased Paul, it soothed Paul from the, the, the pressure of fear, where the enemy was trying to probably tell him, it's going to happen again, yep, they're going to haul you out, tear you out, beat you, and break all your bones, and uh, you're, just get ready, it's going to happen all again, it's going to happen all over again, Paul, and pro- Paul was probably just like, oh, yeah, it sure looks like it, but although he, I, I, don't, I think he's mature enough, he wouldn't say that, you can still feel it, and that can be difficult when the enemy just keeps bombarding, bombarding, and you're, you know, you're in a difficult place, so the Lord appeared to him to strengthen him, praise God, so God's word, the words of the Lord Jesus will strengthen you, now, if you look through the scriptures, I know that many, uh, many uh, Bible students have said that in the Word of God, there is the statement, do not fear, actually listed or mentioned in Scripture 365 times. That's almost correct, uh, but it's not quite correct. It's actually in the Bible, the phrase, do not fear, 366 times. And I believe God allowed that <laughs> because of a leap year. So no matter what year you're, you're in or what day, uh, excuse me, what day of the year were 365 days. Well, God even covers it with a leap year so that every day we can have the word of the Lord coming to us. Do not fear. And that my friends is the strength, the authority to resist the devil, resist the devil when he brings a package or an attack against your life of fear. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, I, um, I talked with a lady one time, my wife and I were ministering to this one woman who was in perfect health, um, eating healthy all the time. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit, how can I say a little bit too much of a health, uh, fanatic, <laughs> uh, but you know, some people are really into what they're into, uh, but some people they're maybe into something too much because perhaps a fear is driving them. Maybe that's why there's some, it's, uh, some extremism involved. But as we talk with this dear sister in the Lord, uh, who was in perfect health, uh, she 
she asked us to pray for her because she would get attacked by fear that she was going to get cancer. And you would think, well, anybody in your family ever had cancer? No. Uh, uh, you know, are you in good health? You, you know, cancer? I don't have any cancer. But she just had this thing of like fear trying to attack her that somehow she's going to get cancer. And she's like, please pray for me because I certainly don't want that to happen. Well, why would a normal healthy person have those kinds of thoughts? Because the enemy, a spirit, the spirit of fear is behind the scenes launching those ideas against her mind. And that is why God tells us that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, a sound mind. The enemy wants to rattle your mind and try to make you afraid and think, well, maybe, maybe something is coming on me. After all, I have a little bit of a cough. Uh, Maybe I woke up with an odd pain, feeling something unusual. And the enemy says, yep, that's it. You're going to get it. But no sound mind strength and you and you're strong and you say no I have a sound mind nothing's wrong with my mind everything's working right nothing's wrong with my body body everything's working right and I resist you fear in the name of Jesus see power love sound mind hallelujah thank you Lord God sometimes people have a fear of going into financial ruin even if their finances are relatively steady there's no, no money problems. I've met people though that still uh, have, they, uh, they've had a fear of, uh, around them that something is going to go wrong financially. I had a husband and wife that came to me for prayer and they said, Pastor Stephen, please pray for our finances. We're afraid of losing everything. And I said, well, why would you be afraid of losing everything? Oh, oh, the economy is so unstable, Pastor Stephen. And there's so much turmoil in the world. And we're just, we're just afraid we're going to lose our money. And here was a couple that had, uh, and they, they told me, um, <coughs> I, I thought maybe they had just a couple, uh, maybe a couple thousand dollars in the bank, maybe three or $4,000 in the bank. And they're afraid of losing that. Then maybe they could be in a real financial dilemma. Well, that wasn't the case. Uh, all, uh, all of their bills were paid. All of their debts were paid off. Their home was paid off. And they had over a million dollars liquid cash. I'm not talking about you know, money that's tied up that maybe you couldn't move it or get access to it if you needed to. No, I'm talking cash, over a million dollars cash on hand uh, that they had access to at any time. And, um, and here they are just overwhelmed with fear. Believers who love the Lord, a husband and wife couple, and I prayed for them, and I prayed against the spirit of fear, and I, I just gave them this scripture that God has not given them a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And so today I want to help you use your authority in Christ over the devil, over the enemy, but in a specific area that I see where the enemy is attacking greatly the body of Christ in the area of fear, trying to get God's people caught up in fear, fear about this, fear about that, all kinds of fears. And you know what? You can just get in fear about all kinds of stuff. You can get in fear about, you know, who's going to win the next election. What's going to happen to the country? You know, what's going to happen to your children? What's going to happen to your grandchildren? What's going to happen to your job? Uh, so all of these things I, I see really trying to hit a lot of believers and we need to know how to deal with it. Uh, there's others. They struggle with the fear of going to sleep 
because they anticipate having nightmares, bad dreams, and perhaps the enemy has attacked you uh, in those areas. And you think, Pastor Stephen, I, I hate to turn the lights out at night because I, uh, I just know it's not going to be good. Somehow I always have these horrible dreams at night. Uh, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, demonic stuff tries to attack me at night. See, what's going on? Fear. Fear. There's a spirit of fear that's coming against you. And you have to learn to deal with the spirit. You have to learn to render inoperative the spirit of, that's behind the fear that's being launched at your life. There are other Christians that love God. And they're endeavoring to serve the Lord the best they can. But they have a fear a hidden fear that they're going to fall back in the sins that used to previously entangle them. Oh, they're up and running now, but the enemy's trying to pressure them saying, you're going to, you're going to crack. You're going to break. You just watch. You're going to slip. You're going to fall and you're going to be back in it again. What's going on there? Spirit of fear. What should I do in, in, in such a situation like that, Pastor Stephen? We'll talk about that today. But one of the things is that if the enemy says, this is going to happen to you, you need to open your mouth and say the exact opposite in faith. If the enemy says you're going to fall, you need to say, no, the Lord will uphold me. The steadfast strength and love of God will uphold me. So Satan, I'm not going to fall. I have no plans of falling. I have plans on serving the Lord every day for the rest of my life, and the Lord will keep me. So if the enemy says something uh, that would try to put you in fear, such as uh, you're going to have cancer, you're going to get cancer. Then you, you just need to say, no, I'm not in the name of Jesus. I never will. I, Satan, I don't receive that. I recognize that as a spirit of fear, and I do not receive that. I'm going to walk in divine health all the days of my life. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to endeavor to see as many lost one to Christ as possible, and I'm not going anywhere for a long, long time. I'm going to live my life out fully. So you need to know how to resist the devil and what I'm talking about in context today is resisting the devil, resisting the, the, there's a whole squadron of agents of fear that the enemy sends out. You need to know how to resist that wave of attack. There's others who have been healed, legitimately healed by the power of God. And the enemy comes and says, well, you're going to, you're going to get sick again. It's going to come back on you. It's going to come back. You would even really heal. It's going to come back on you again. Just watch and see. And some believers, they live in fear. They think they're thinking, Lord, I want to hold on to this, but I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. Okay. You need to know how to keep your healing and you need to know how to rebuke the devil. And when I'm talking about rebuking the devil today, I'm talking about rebuking particularly those spirits of fear that work under Satan's control and his evil oversight. You need to know how to resist them and say, no, Satan, you will not steal my healing. You will not take my blessing from me. I resist you in the name of Jesus. So I want to give you ammunition. I want to give you um, the empowerment to use your authority against the devil, against fear, when fear tries to attack you. You need to know how to respond when the enemy says, you're going to run out of money, you're not going to make it. You need to know how to respond when the enemy says, you feel sick today, don't you? You're getting sick. You need to know how to respond to that. Praise God. And we find those answers in the good word of God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28. 
knowing as we turn there that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Anything, anything that puts you in that, that, that fear, uh, and fear, the Bible says that fear brings torment. Anything that would put you in this tormenting fear is absolutely not of God, but you need to recognize it. And you need to say, no, hold on a minute. These, these sensations and feelings, this oppression that I'm, I'm, I'm identifying. What is this? This is fear. This is exactly what it is. And I'm not going to allow this to be the atmosphere or the culture that I live in. And today we're going to talk about how to push that back. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 28. And let's go to verse 18. I think what I'm going to teach today is going to surprise some of you because you're expecting Jesus to take care of fear for you, where in reality, you are the one that has the authority and you have to do something about it. So if you don't do something about it, I'm saying you, if you don't do something about it, nothing will be done because Jesus has already done something about it. Well, Pastor Stephen, it doesn't look like it. Can't you see all the fear surrounding me? Look at my situation. What Jesus has already done is has given you the authority. Now that he has given you the authority, he's expecting you to do something about it. So he's, he's already done his part. Now you're going to have to do your part. I'm going to show you how to do it and why you have the ability to do it. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority, that's the Greek word exousia, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, okay, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, all of the authority delegated to Jesus by the Heavenly Father. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the head. We are the body. The authority is invested in the head. Jesus, upon receiving that authority, and that's all authority, turns right around and delegates his authority to the body, to the church, and says, go therefore. You cannot go unless you are sent with delegated authority. Do you see that? So the empowerment to go comes from the release of the authority from the head into the body. Praise God. Now, some of you, you, you have a mentality where you think I need Jesus and and you do. And I, and I do too. You think I need Jesus, but he doesn't need me. I'm just a nobody. No, that's, that's not true. Jesus needs you. You need to let that soak into your spirit. He really does need you. Um, the head needs the body. If I could take my head off my shoulders and set my head over here, what can the head do by itself? It couldn't do anything, <laughs> right? Uh, it, it wouldn't have arms or hands. It wouldn't have uh, feet to take it anywhere. Uh, no hands to touch. Uh, so the head needs the body. The head is joined to the body. The head needs the body. The body needs the head. Now the head is the head. The head is in charge. The head is the one that has the ability to say, this is what we're going to do. And this is the way we're going to do it. But the body is still a part of it. So we need Jesus. 
He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is our grace. He is our strength. He is our hope. And at the same time, Jesus needs us because you, you are his hands in the earth. See, Jesus is in heaven. Uh, He can't lay hands on people today. Okay. But through you, he can. I can lay hands on people in the name of Jesus. Praise God. But see, I'm his hands. I'm his feet. I'm his mouthpiece speaking on his behalf. And the same with you. You're in the body. I'm in the body. Jesus needs us. And Jesus absolutely needs you. And he's depending on you to do all that he's called you to do and to do it timely and to do it with a good heart and with a good attitude with joy. But oh, my friends, the Lord, absolutely. He needs you. That is not an accurate statement to say, I need God, but God doesn't need me. No, that's, that's an inaccurate statement. A statement like that doesn't make any sense. The head needs the body. The body needs the head. We're all in this together. Jesus is the sovereign head of the church, but he's depending on us and he needs us. And he has delegated his authority to us when he said, go therefore, and make disciples. So that empowerment he releases to those that are under his command. And that would be you and I. And that's why we do that. That's why I do what I do. That's why you surround me, pray for me and strengthen me and help me to do what I do. Those of you that watch this program that belong to other churches, but you like the teaching here. So you got, you come over here to enjoy the teaching. That's why you also do it. Your church for your man of God, the woman of God in your life, supporting them, holding them up. Why? Because we're doing what the Lord has commissioned us to do. We are authorized to take the gospel into all of the nations of the world. We are authorized to do that. That means we have the authority to do that. And that's exactly what we're going to stay busy doing. Now let's go over to uh, the gospel of Mark right next door to the right. Let's go to the last chapter, which would be uh, chapter 16, Mark chapter 16. And please meet me in verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Okay, this is a commandment. This is not optional. (laughs) We all have a part to play in this. God needs you. God needs you. You might not be the one that goes. You might not be the one that's on radio or television. You might not be the one that that ministers in, in the large crusades, but you can help do your part. Sowing, giving, praying, supporting, doing everything you can to be involved in the kingdom process. And there is a place for you in the kingdom that's vitally important for you to be in your position and to be active therein. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Now, the next statement Jesus makes is this, in my name, they will cast out demons. Okay. The reason that you can cast them out is because you have authority over them. Praise the Lord. That's very clear to see. These signs will follow those who believe. This is for believers. As as a believer, you have authority over any demon that you're ever going to run into. You already have authority over him and any demon of fear 
that would attack your life, I need to let you know right now, today, you have authority over that fear. You can do something about it in your life. Now, there's an area of authority where there are certain rules that govern authority. One of those conditions would be that you have authority in your jurisdiction. Okay. A U.S. Marshal cannot leave his jurisdiction and go over somewhere else in the different state, start doing all kinds of things over there. That, that, that's not allowed. You, you can't do that. You have to work within your place of jurisdiction where you have been authorized. Okay. I can't tell you how to spend your money. Why? It's your money. You have authority over your money, not me. Okay. I cannot go into your house and tell you how to wash your dishes. Why? It's your house, and I can't come in unless you invite me in, and they're your dishes. You can wash them however you want, or if maybe if you don't feel like doing it, you can do it later. It's up to you. It's your home. It's, it's, your, it's your rules. But in an area where I have authority, that means I have control, and if there's any demonic presence there, I can deal with it. I can deal with it. Praise God. You know, that this is a basic understanding, but there's some Christians that don't understand that. They always try to... Um, overstep boundaries and when they overstep boundaries you don't get results it, do, it doesn't work you have to understand that you have authority in your area on your turf you can't go cast a demon out of somebody who doesn't want the demon cast out he won't he won't go the demon won't leave but, and the demon will tell you, I'm not, I'm not leaving. He, he wants me to stay. You can't cast me out because <laughs> he wants to keep me. And you cannot overrule somebody else's free sovereign will. Praise the Lord. Now, we can pray for people that are in sin. We can pray for the lost. We can pray for those maybe that are Christians that are in disobedience. We can pray for them. And we can also in some areas bind the powers of darkness that are influencing them. But the greatest area of authority and the area that you have the most success is in your area, your life. Praise God. Anything of your life that you have authority over it, you can go there and you can drive the devil out. You can say, hey, fear, this is my area. You're not allowed here. Fear, get packing. Take your stuff. I don't receive you. I don't believe in you. And I'm rejecting you in the name of Jesus. I cast you out. In my name, they will cast out demons. Today, you have authority to cast out any demon of fear that would try to speak against your mind. Your mind is your mind. You have authority over it, not the enemy. Boot him out and say, get out of my mind. I, I just reject your thoughts in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then praise the Lord and go on your way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But, but realize you can do something about it. Pastor Stephen, I'm waiting for God to do something about all these tormenting thoughts. No, God gave you the authority. You cast a demon out. Cast out the demons of fear. Tell them to leave. Resist them. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you have authority as demonstrated here in Mark chapter 16. Let's go to the book of James. Let's turn towards the back to the book of James. This would be James chapter 4, and I would like for us to drop down to verse 7. Fear is leaving your life today. Fear is leaving your life, particularly that tor tormenting fear, that one area where the enemy has been tormenting you, taunting you, 
tormenting you through fear, saying this awful thing will happen. This thing will never be made right. You'll have to suffer this for the rest of your life, whatever that might be. That's fear. Recognize that as a spirit of fear. Why? It's causing torment. That's what the enemy does. It is a spirit of fear. You have authorization from the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, to deal with it. Now, it's up to you what you're going to do about it. But the Lord's already done his part. He he delegated authority to you. So you take that authority that has been invested in you. And now you go and command that spirit of fear to leave, deal with the spirit, deal with the spirit behind those hideous tormenting thoughts, deal with the spirit behind it. And he will be forced to leave. Verse seven of James four, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, if the devil had authority over you, and if the devil were more powerful than you, then this statement could not be made. Okay. Now, some Christians, they like to talk about how big the devil is, how bad the devil is, how tough the devil is. But when you read the Bible, you realize that Jesus has defeated the enemy from the perspective of not having authority anymore over the believer. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. I realize that Satan has authority over the fallen world system and over unbelievers, but he does not have authority over the church. And he, even the weakest Christian in the worldwide church, the very weakest Christian, maybe somebody that just got saved three seconds ago, who doesn't hardly know anything about the Bible. The very weakest Christian in the church has authority over Satan himself. Praise God. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. Why? Because you have authority over him. He does not have authority over you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So he knows that when you understand that you are the one with the authority, and he sees that, he knows he has to leave. He has no choice. He's like, "Uh uh-oh, they know. And they're, they're using it. So I, I, you know, the gig's up. I've got to leave. Doesn't mean he won't still try. But anytime he tries, just say, no, you don't, devil. I recognize that as a spirit of fear. I command you to leave. Spirit of fear, leave in the name of Jesus. I do not receive that. I do not receive that. I walk in the blessings of God. I walk in the joy of the Lord. I walk in the goodness of God. And everything is working out good in my life for the glory of God. Satan, what you said will never happen to me. It will never, ever happen. And you just go on and praise the Lord. And you will walk in the peace of God. Because that enemy, he will leave. He has to leave. Now, let's continue on. Let's go to First Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter five, I want you to know what to do when the spirit of fear comes. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Okay. We are not designed by God to live in an atmosphere of, of fear and torment. No, our atmosphere is of praise and of the manifested glory and presence of God. And we create the atmosphere in which we live. First Peter chapter five, verse eight be sober. That means to be 
self-control. Don't, don't in a sense, be like goofy, drunk, you know, where you're just out of it. No, you always want to be sober, have self-control. You can have fun, laugh in the spirit, be full of the joy of the Lord. And at the same time that there's a great strength and maturity that comes with that, where you can have fun, but you're also self-controlled. Praise God. Be sober. Be vigilant. To be vigilant uh, indicates watchfulness. Vigilance and watchfulness is associated with a active, strong prayer life. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because there's a reason we need to be this way. Because your adversary, that, that is a job description okay, of the devil. He's your adversary. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now, resist him, steadfast in the faith. If the devil were stronger than you, and if fear were dominant over you, then this could not be said by the Apostle Peter. Peter would just have to say something, well, just like this, well, just hang in there, because he's going to beat us up. He's stronger than us, but just hang in there, and eventually he'll leave us alone after he's tore us up. But that's not what he said. He said, resist him, how? Steadfast in the faith. So when the devil comes with the spirit of fear, and the spirit of fear comes and says, this will happen to you. This is going to befall you. You need to resist him. How? By staying in the faith, staying in the faith and saying, no, you spirit of fear. I recognize you. I call your bluff. I identify you as who you are. You are a spirit of fear that will not happen to me. That will never befall me. And what will befall me are the blessings of God goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in God's house forever praise God so you resist the spirit of fear thank you Lord Jesus the reason the enemy brings fear is because he's seen you get stronger and going free and what he tries to do is bring discouragement he tries to he tries to rob you of your joy but so much of your strength is associated with your joy in the lord so guard your joy guard your joy in the lord stay strong in faith and say with the strength no Satan that will never happen to me I do not live in fear I live in faith and all things are working for my good praise God so that's how you resist the enemy when you do that he will leave let's take a look, uh, take a look at one more verse this is found in the book of Ephesians this will be chapter 4 praise God say I resist fear Say, I resist the spirit of fear. Say, I am not afraid, but I believe that God is working in me and through me, and all things are working for my good. Hallelujah. Say, I'm being overtaken with blessings. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're in Ephesians chapter 4. And let's look at verse 27, where we are told to not give place to the devil. Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. Don't give the devil a place. Now, the only way that the enemy can get in and begin to work is because a believer yields 
and allows him to come in, whether they did it, uh, whether they did this act willingly or whether it was done unwillingly. Nevertheless, if he's given access, he will come in. That's why we are told to not give place to the devil. The fact that you could hold him out and resist him and not give him place tells you really who's got the authority. It's you. Because if he doesn't have a, a permission and you're resisting and he has no access, he can't come in. He can't just say, well, I'm coming in anyhow because I'm stronger. He can't do that. And he knows he can't. Why? Because he knows who has the true authority. It's the believer. And when you exercise it, you stop him in his tracks and you stop him in all of his activities and actions. So what you need to do is if the enemy is tormenting you in any area of fear, you need to resist him and say, spirit of fear, I bind you. I recognize what you're doing. Stop it in the name of Jesus and get out. Praise the Lord. And then don't let him come in. Don't dwell on ideas of fear. Don't feed yourself with things that would create a phobia or fear. Be careful of your input. That's what it means to resist the devil also. Be careful of your input because if you keep hearing negative things or things that would uh, strengthen that weak area, maybe that you're trying to make strong, then you know what? You need to let nothing but strength be pumped into that area. Praise God. Hallelujah. Turn all of your, your weaknesses into strengths. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it is possible to turn fear completely into fortified positions of faith where that thing that used to bug you and caused you to um, tremble. Now uh, it doesn't touch you because a fortress has been built up of faith and that's what you're doing. Praise God. But it all begins with exercising your authority. Pastor Stephen, I'm still waiting for Jesus to do something about the fear. Just it's driving me crazy. He has already done something about it. He gave you authority over it. Now use it and command it to get out of your life command it to cease and desist its operation against you deal with the spirit deal with the spirit maybe there's a person and a person trying to call trouble in your life but maybe a person trying to bring fear in your life that person's a real person but look past the person there's a spirit of fear trying to operate through that person to release that fear so deal with the spirit and you can do that in your private time at home just say I deal with that spirit because in the spirit realm there's there's no distance you can you can deal with that thing in the spirit realm and go get over in prayer and say in the name of Jesus I deal with the spirit that's operating through so and so trying to trouble my life I bind you spirit of fear in the name of Jesus stop working through that person as a puppet I bind you in the name of Jesus and I command you to stop in the name of Jesus and although that person may be an unbeliever may may have they have their own free will by by working and binding that spirit of fear uh, that normally would try to work to that person the person doesn't really know that okay so they're just they're just acting out so if you bind the spirit of fear behind the scenes that's trying to work through the person then you bind the spirit then the situation just begins to calm down many times will completely evaporate praise God and that's what we're doing but these are things we have to exercise the authority Christ has given it to us it's up to us to act praise God so my friends don't live in any type of uh situation where you're engulfed with fear deal with it deal with it rebuke it 
take authority over it and then block it and don't let it get back in. Praise God. So stay strong in faith. Stay strong in faith. Father, I pray for your people. Any spirit of fear that would be hindering them, somebody you have heart trouble, uh, you, you've had some heart troubles, and the enemy is saying you're going to have a heart attack. The enemy is saying that you're going to have a stroke, but it's, but it's all rooted in worry. Oh, yes, there's a, there's a condition that the doctor has diagnosed, heart palpitation, uh, irregular heartbeat, but the, the reason your heart is doing that is because you're in fear you're in fear. I break the spirit of fear that's behind that in the name of Jesus. You shall live and not die. Your heart shall settle back into a normal rhythm in the name of Jesus and shall beat properly at a normal healthy rate in the name of Jesus. If that you receive in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Praise God. I speak long life, health, blessing, and sound mind where nothing troubles you, sound mind and blessings over you in the name of Jesus. It is well with your soul. Praise God. Amen. And amen. My friends, let's take communion today and rejoice in what Jesus has done for us by providing us such mighty authority, his authority that we can use to live lives of peace and joy and happiness in him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. Now we bless it and consecrate it. It is now set apart as holy. It is now the flesh and blood of our Savior, our Lord Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for uh, the body of Christ, that as we receive it, we receive his strength, his encouragement, his faith, and his willingness to resist the enemy. Thank you, Father God. We receive the body of Jesus now. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. I speak over your life that the enemy is not going to snag you again in this. He's not going to slip this thing of fear in there on you and you just find yourself living with it. No, 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 no. The enemy has been exposed. The spirit of fear has been exposed. And you will not live in that atmosphere anymore. You will live in an environment of peace. Because you take dominion over the situation and you boot the devil out of your mind, out of your thought life, and out of your, out of your life, out of your realm, out of the kingdom that God has given you to govern over. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the name of Jesus. God is working all things for your good. Everything is being made beautiful to the glory of God. People will look at you and people will say, I want my life to be like that. So sweet, so good, so happy, so full. Amen. That's what God is doing. His glory is being seen upon you. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We rejoice in Christ that truly we are complete in him and he has made all things well and he has provided all that we need for life and righteousness and peace. We now receive his blood in his name. Amen. Let's drink the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if there's anything lingering, any little far edges of fear, deal with that now. Command it to leave and resist, resist the enemy. Take authority over fear and walk in peace. God bless you. God bless you. Before I say goodbye, those that are, have been troubled in your sleep by the enemy, 
before you go to sleep, say out loud, Spirit of fear, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The angels of God are here, and I will sleep peacefully tonight. And call upon the Lord to give you good dreams, holy dreams. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Should the enemy try to trouble you, even at night, just if you wake up, just begin to worship and praise the Lord. Use it as a moment to just worship and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Turn it on the enemy and say, oh, Satan, you're not going to put that on me. No way. And just lift your hands up in the middle of the night, begin to praise and worship the Lord. And the enemy sees you doing stuff like that. He'd be like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wake the person up anymore. All they do is worship God and praise God. And it drives me crazy. So just see so many things when the devil does is how you respond that enforces his position of defeat. So stay in faith. You're going to get a good night's sleep, and you're going to be just living in the the glory of God continually. So be blessed. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.